Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. I want to jump straight into reading Galatians chapter 3, and I want to share today on what I've called the curse and the cure. The curse and the cure. Galatians chapter 3, 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. I grew up thinking or being taught that hanged wasn't a word, but apparently in the English Standard Version, hanged is now a word. So uh, you may be thinking that's meant to be hung. But uh, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. It's an interesting passage when we think about the fact that Jesus Christ actually became a curse. He became everything that we don't want so that we don't have to live with that stuff. Sin and the curse, and we can read about it in Genesis chapter 3, talks about the fact that once Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they sort of took for themselves what was not meant to be taken out of that sinful desire, they acted on it. And out of that came a curse, came sin. Sin entered the world. And the Bible says that the Lord said to Adam and Eve, now even the ground will be cursed. And so we see it entering into the earth, this curse that came right back then, many thousands of years ago. And we still live with the effects of that curse today. Even though we'll explore how Christ has redeemed us from the curse we still have a piece of the now and the not yet. We have a, a piece of heaven now. We have a piece of the promise now, but not the fullness of it. We have our salvation now, but the fullness of salvation in eternity. And there's a lot of spiritual uh, words like sanctification and holiness and salvation that we hear a lot about. But there's almost three parts to those things. There's the past, the present and the future. And when we gain an understanding of the past, the present and the future, we gain an understanding that we are on a journey. We're on a journey of discovering more of God and the fullness of God will be revealed in heaven. The fullness of God, the fullness of sanctification, of holiness, of love, of perfection, of, of salvation will all be entered into in heaven. But now we have a deposit that's the Holy Spirit and He reveals truth to us. So we've, we have a piece of revelation. We have full salvation in our spirit. I don't believe in half salvation. We have full salvation in our spirit. But it's kind of like our bodies are catching up. The, the curse of sin and death, if you like, was entered into when we read in Genesis. And we see that the earth was cursed, that mankind was cursed, that the snake was cursed. And that even thorns and thistles that we see in the ground today are a sign of that curse. And so we see in creation, there are, we still are journeying through the, the effects of sin. Sin entered the world. And even though Jesus came and conquered sin, we have to, we have to join with him. We have to couple our spirit with him to enter into the freedom 
But it's kind of like our bodies and the earth and everything else is still catching up with that. And it won't enter the fullness of that until eternity. Because this earth is going to pass away. Our bodies are going to pass away, but our spirits won't. And so that's the thing that's eternal, that, that joins with him and that is yearning for the fullness of that. In many religions, we see that um, blood play, play, plays an important part. You might have seen on, on movies or in other enactments that uh, there's the real significance in blood sacrifice. There's a real significance in, in blood. Uh, there's religions other than in Old Testament beliefs where they sprinkle blood on people and they make blood sacrifice. And, and this is because there's power of life in blood. And that's known throughout history. That's known even people who haven't known Jesus, they haven't known the Lord, they will know that the power of life is in the blood. And so blood holds this power, this significance of life. And therefore, if we sacrifice blood, then it's, it's a cost. It's, we're paying the ultimate price, so to speak. And we see in Christianity, this significance in blood is slightly different. In the Old Testament, there were sacrifices needed to make atonement for sin, for what was wrong, for the curse. Because the curse, the sin was building up. A sacrifice would, had to be made, would have to be made to make atonement, to bring purity so that we can be close to God. Because the sin brings a gap between us and God. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But sin is the one thing that separates us from God. It separates us from his love. It separates us from intimacy. It separates us from hearing him. It separates us from feeling his presence, from knowing him. It's, sin is the blockage sometimes. Now that might be, it might be something very small. It might be something repetitive. It might be doubts and anxiety and lack of faith and all sorts of things. But this, this thing called sin presses against us and pushes us from the presence of God. And so sometimes a, in the Old Testament, we see a sacrifice would be made. Nowadays, all we do is come to Jesus and we say, you've made the ultimate sacrifice. You became the curse, Jesus. Can I enter into your presence again? And maybe we have to ask him. We, maybe we need to repent. And that's what the Bible talks about is forgiveness of bringing our confessions to him on his altar. He's already made the sacrifice. But when we do that, we break that curse of sin again. Maybe there's habitual sin in your life. Break the habitual sin by repentance today. And all we do is bring it to the threshing floor, if you like, the sacrifice table that Jesus has already paid the price. And we say, Jesus, I want to do away with that sin. I don't want that in my life. I want to be close to the Father. And the way we come close to the Father is through Jesus Christ, is through his sacrifice. No one needs to be separate from God. No one needs to be distant from God. Through Jesus' life and his sacrifice, his ultimate price of paying in blood, we can come to the Father pure and spotless. No other way can we come to the Father but through Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. And so when we see that throughout history, all religions, most main religions, will have this theme of blood, of sacrifice, then we look at Christianity and we see a man, a man who was sacrificed, a pure man who was sacrificed, a righteous man who was sacrificed, 
God-man who was sacrificed, we can see that this is a very unique belief. It's a very unique faith that we have, isn't it? It's kind of easy to believe. I mean, if you look at Hindu or something like that, other religions, and you look at, well, there's an animal, a big cow or something like that, you can kind of see, okay, they sacrificed that, and there's meaning in that, and you, you can see. But when it comes down to the sacrifice of a man, of, of his blood, it kind of bypasses our, our natural thinking, and we realize, wow, this is something very different. Christianity is unique. Christianity is unique in the fact that we can only come to the Father by the sacrifice, by the death of the prophet who came and prophesied this new belief, this understanding of the Father. It's really quite interesting, isn't it? But his blood makes us clean. His blood washes away sin. His blood washes away the curse that we all live under until we come to Christ. If you haven't given your life to Christ today, then you can give your life simply to Him by coming to Jesus and saying, I want to do, do away with that curse. I don't want to live under that curse any longer. Remove the curse from me. I repent of my sin. I come to you, Jesus. And He's already paid the price. It's past, present and future. He's already paid the price but it will be relevant for anyone who chooses to today and it will take us to eternity. And it's this, it's this amazing mystical power of God that has drawn us into this relationship with the Father. No other religion can we access relationship intimacy with God other than through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, you can hear from God. Through Jesus, you can feel God. Through Jesus, you can be cleansed of your sin. Through Jesus, you don't have to work for your salvation, for your place in heaven. It's all been done in the past, but it's relevant for the present and it will affect us in the future. And so we see the power of Jesus never ends until we reach eternity and then we're just going to be fascinated by what we see. I still can't really even picture. I haven't got an incredible creativity. Uh, we were watching Lord of the Rings recently, and um, and uh, it goes for a long time, and there's lots of them. But um, you know, we got through the first one in about five nights, I think, five sittings or something like that. But it's fascinating watching this stuff, and you know, the author J.R. Tolkien was a, was a believer, and and uh, and it's fascinating watching. I'm thinking, who comes up with this stuff? Who on earth can think up this crazy world that is in this head? And, and some of you are gifted with those kind of, that kind of imagination. I'm not really, uh, but God is. And God's created you with, with an incredible way of thinking. And I was actually thinking this while we were worshipping. Uh, I was thinking, it's incredible the power and authority that God has given each one of you. And if we stay under the curse, we will forever be locked into curse thinking. We will be inhibited by fear. We will be limited by anxiety and stress and things that are going on around us. But God has given you authority. He's given you power. He's given you a voice. He's given you a gifting and a calling that is unique and it is needed. It's really needed. Your Anointing is needed both in the body of Christ 
and in the world around us. Don't ever doubt what God's given you. Don't ever doubt that your voice is needed and that your gifting and calling is of Him. Sometimes one of the things that comes at us when we start stepping out in faith, one of the first thing that comes is the curse tries to come back. The enemy tries to come back. And we have to remember that the curse is a past thing. For believers, the curse is a past thing. It still tries to come at us and we see thorns and thistles in the ground. The earth still may be, be cursed. But I had this fascinating experience many years ago when I, I traveled to Africa to uh, see a healing evangelist and it was an amazing time and I remember going and, and he had a group of believers that he was training up at the time and we were kind, I was kind of asking a lot of questions. I'm like, what, what goes on here? How do you see the miracles? How does this happen? How does that happen? Because I was just fascinated by some of the things and he said, and they took us to this little island lagoon thing, which was they call Prayer Island or Prayer Mountain or something like that. And and uh, we went out there and, and, and they said, you know, there used to be a whole lot of disease and mosquitoes, because this is in Nigeria, uh, a whole lot of, and even bugs and things like that that were quite dangerous. And uh, apparently since then there's never been any of that because they broke the curse of that over this lagoon in this region. And I remember after being told that I'm trying to look for mosquitoes and see, okay, there's got to be one thing hanging around here. Sure enough, I couldn't find anything. And, and, uh, and so we never know the power that God has placed in our prayer. We never know the authority that God has given us. And God loves bold prayers. I, I have recognized that sometimes, um, you know, when you first come into faith, you, you, pay, you pray the most radical prayers. God, just, you know, bless Australia and free this nation from every snake and lizard and crocodile. And, you know, we pray these, you know, intergalactical prayers that, you know, we just, they're, they're totally from uh, enthusiasm and there's nothing wrong with that. But then we gain some wisdom over the years and we hear God's voice and we pray in accordance with his will. What is God's will for your life, for your region, for your homestead, for your being, for your atmosphere, for your area of influence? And I want to encourage you and I want to do the same thing. Begin to pray. And I want to pray this over our house. We have a lot of mosquitoes. We sleep with a mosquito net over our bed every single night in winter and in summer. We have a lot of water going on around and uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but we're still tracking them down. But uh, we have a lot of mosquitoes, so maybe I need to start praying some bold prayers. Karen would love it. Um, but, uh, but who knows what God's got in front of us if we're willing to pray some bold prayers and maybe take some small steps and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to pray for that new job. I'm going to pray for that upgrade in this area. I'm going to pray for that breakthrough in that relationship. I'm going to begin praying for that thing that I can believe for, but it's just a little distance from me. And uh, I remember years ago, Karen and I um, were going through stuff in our business and in ministry in all sorts of realms. And I remember for quite a season or maybe a few years, we would um, regularly get out our list of prayer things. We'd have an A4 piece of paper with something scrolled on it. You know, uh, in, in business, it might be, you know, I don't know, new contract, desperate new contract, you know, put it, put it on the altar. And so we, and we had various things, about 10 sheets of paper. We'd text her out prayer things that we would be saying, all right, God, we're, we're praying for this and we're writing it out and we're dedicating it to you and we're praying. We'd pray and worship over that thing. And sure enough, 
most of those things got answered. And there were some things that got answered, but in different ways. I remember praying really specifically for a particular general manager that I wanted to headhunt from another company. And, and um, I, I realize now that was completely my thing. But you know what? God still gave us an alternative that was probably better and more right for us. So sometimes God knows our heart and he'll answer in a better way. Even if we've said it in a really specific way in our words, he'll still answer it, but he'll answer it in his way. Because he loves our heart, he honours our heart, and he loves us coming before him. And, and he's a good heavenly dad who wants to bless us and release blessing and, and good things for us. So when we come to him with open hearts, be willing for him to answer in his way and in your way. And I found that to be a good thing. And so when we recognise that we live in this fallen world. We're not surprised by the things that are going around, but we're not fearful. We're not fearful of what's going on in the world. We're not fearful of what this happens or that happens. I want to read from, um, let's see, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 2. I find this a really good verse. Like a sparrow in its flighting, flitting, whatever that word is, like a swallow in its flying, a curse that is causeless does not alight. If you are in Jesus, don't be worried about different things that are going on. If someone says something to you and kind of puts a curse on you, so to speak, even if they're not doing it in that sense, or if there's things that are in that realm, because if we're in Christ, then we're hidden in him. And we don't have to be fearful. It doesn't mean we're stupid and we go walking over graves and silly things like that. But what it means is we have our faith and our eyes fixed on him. And we have a certainty in the blood of Jesus, which has conquered all sin and death. Every curse is broken. And again, in the past, it's been broken. We live in it in the presence and we gain the fullness in the future. And so we're not fearful we're not worried about world events or what's going to happen. We're not worried even about viruses and things like that. And, you know, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. But Jesus is in control and his blood breaks curses. And so we want to stand in that knowledge. And now we live free. And this is where we really have to take this stance, I believe, of past, present and future. And I believe sometimes we get stuck on this. I remember when we had... Um, years ago, um, some uh, preachers come and they were preaching on uh, sanctification and preaching on, you know, you are sanctified when you're believed and, and you are made righteous and holy and you have it now and in the finished work of the cross. And, and you know, I love that. I love that. We, we believe that 100%. But then we go out the next day in a fallen world and there's issues and the doubts and fears and habits and sins. And it's like, well, where's the fullness of the cross now? You know, am I, I'm stepping back into the old. And, and so this is where the past, present and future needs to be always in our minds. Because when we apply and appropriate the work of the cross, it's a daily, in fact, for me, it's an hourly, maybe a minute by minute thing. It's, an, it's a forever thing. We're always applying the blood of Jesus. We're always applying the work of the cross, the finished work of the cross to our now, to our present and our future. Because it's been done in the past, it's relevant for our current times today, and it'll be relevant for tomorrow. So we keep appropriating the work of the cross, even though it's finished, we are applying it all the time. Does that make sense? Just pat someone on the shoulder and say, bless you this morning.
Romans 8 verse 2. Romans 8 verse 2 says, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You and me are free from the law of sin and death. Even though it surrounds us, this is like this weird world we live in, isn't it? Spirit and flesh, heaven and earth. You know, there's, there's this contrary living going on all the time of two worlds, the new and the old. And so when we gain an understanding of that, we realise that just what Romans 8 says, and we're going to read actually on a little bit from that, the law of sin and death has been broken but we've got to be conscious in our spirit life to actually redeem that, to bring that to light. Because if we're always conscious of the sin and death and we're living in that all the time and feeding ourselves with that all the time, then we begin to be chained by that curse again. When Christ came to set us free from the curse, He came to set us free from the thorns and the thistles and those things that surround us so our spirits can be as free as anything. And true oneness is when we become born again, the Holy Spirit is given to us in spirit, one with Him, oneness with Him, coupled with Him. And so the more we gain an understanding of that spirit life, the more we gain access to freedom, true freedom. The more we focus on the curse and the thorns and what's going on in the world, the more we couple ourselves with that. So it's this tension that we're always, and I want to encourage us to do what Paul says. We're going to read in Romans chapter 8, 14 says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Isn't that interesting? If you believe in Jesus here this morning, the Holy Spirit testifies that you are a child of God. He testifies for you on your behalf that you are a child of God. And the Father says, you are my child. And then we cry out, yeah, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. That's that oneness. That's unity with the Father because of the work of the Spirit. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are his children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. How do we share in the sufferings of Christ? We believe in him. We testify of him. We walk with him. We follow his word. We are obedient to him. That's how we share in his sufferings. It's not meaning we have to go back to the cross and redo that. It means that we journey with him and we give glory to him and we understand what it means to follow Jesus. Do you know what? And it's a funny thing in this modern day and age that following Jesus will cost us our flesh but free us in spirit. It will cost us now but gain us everything in eternity. And if we're willing to pay the price a little bit now with our flesh, a little bit now and say no to this and no to that, then we gain true freedom. If we say yes to the things of the world and we say, yeah, I'm going to let that thing in, then straight away we're bound by chains of slavery and the thorns begin to grow up. The curse begins to take hold. And we don't want the curse of sin and death. I don't know, there wouldn't be a person in this room who wants thorns in their life, who wants... 
a bit of that sin and death and a little bit of that attaching to them. No, because we want true freedom. If you want true freedom, then live in the Spirit in oneness with the Father and say yes to whatever He's asking you. Whatever He's put in front of you, just say yes to, yes to it. Even if it costs you something, it's worth it. He is always worth the price that you may pay, even if it costs you some pride. It's normally what happens in this modern day because we're not heavily persecuted yet. Believe me, Dan Andrews in Victoria is trying to bring it in. And, and I mean that, you know, outwardly. It's, it's terrible what some things are happening in the political arena. But I won't go on a full rant. But I want to tell you, stay alive to it. Stay alive to it. Because there may come a day where we as believers are silenced. And then it's going to cost us something. It's a lot easier to pay the price now. It's a huge amount easier to pay the price now for Jesus than it may be in 20, 30, 40 years' time. Who knows? Jesus might come back tomorrow and you know, we'll just revel in that. But we, we've got to be willing to pay a little bit of the price, the price in time, lethargy, a little bit of our pride, a little bit of this, and whatever it might be, God will always ask us something for his oneness. And it's not so that you have to sacrifice. It's so that you can actually join with him in oneness. But let me guarantee you the cost is worth it. Whatever he's asking you, the cost is worth it. If you have to say no to some things, please, I want to encourage you, do it today. Because you'll be freer than you've ever been before. Saying yes to the Spirit actually frees us. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been probed and prodded by the Holy Spirit, that, that annoying little gut-wrenching knot that he puts in your stomach that you can't ignore but you want to ignore... And sometimes you might even go on day after day, and if you're like me, month after month, or even year on year. Let me tell you, He's relentless in His love pursuit of you and me. He's relentless, and it's His grace that is pursuing you and me. It's nothing else. He's not a bad headmaster who's trying to whip you into shape and trying to punish you and me and trying to make us feel bad. No, the cost is worth it. The cost is so small compared to the reward. The reward is eternity. The reward is endless. The reward is incredible. And even here on earth, there's a little piece of reward. And it's called freedom. Freedom in spirit. We're not bound anymore by some of the things. We're not bound by, by the, all the different things that are going on in the world. And, and we can truly say with those who have said, you can, you can take my life. It's okay. I'm only going to get an upgrade. Because we're free in spirit. If you don't feel free in spirit this morning, I want to encourage you. Give, out, give over to Jesus whatever, whatever it looks like for you. Lay it on the altar this morning. Lay it on the altar because he's already paid the price. You don't have to repay the price. You just have to give to him whatever, whatever that looks like. It might be your life. It might be your heart. It might be your career. It might be whatever it is. But let me tell you, you'll get an upgrade. You'll get an upgrade in spirit and in body because he is a good heavenly father and if he's if he'll look after the sparrows how much more than will he look after you and me he is so good he's so gracious if he's been gnawing away at you in your spirit for a little while about something do yourself a favor and everyone around you be obedient 
because you're going to get an upgrade. You're about to get an upgrade if you say yes. If you say yes to Jesus instantly, you get greater access to God. You get greater intimacy to the Father. You get greater awareness of his presence and all that means. And even a greater awareness of eternity. You get the past, the present and the future. Saying yes to the Holy Spirit brings freedom. Saying no and ignoring him in, in disobedience or walking, it, it brings a numbness. And we can walk away from him, but what we're doing is we're walking into chains. We're walking into the curse. And we're silently and quietly just saying, yeah, I'd prefer the thorns. I'd prefer that stuff because I want to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But he's always has the tree of life waiting for us. And we only get access to the tree of life by saying yes to Jesus. He is the tree of life. And so this morning you might be here just hearing what I'm saying, saying, wow, that's, that's resonating with me. I want to encourage you, give your life to Jesus this morning. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I want to eat of the tree of life for the rest of my life. I've been eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I've been living under the curse. I want freedom. I want wholeness. I want you to wash me in the blood of Jesus. I believe you died and rose again. And that's how you share in his sufferings. And then you get access to the, the inter- eternal inheritance. It's that simple. It's that easy. It's, it's, it's the greatest sell of all time. <laughs> if you've ever heard a sell on television. So I want everyone to stand. I want the worship team to come back. And if you're just, just close your eyes. And if you're just standing there and you're not sure whether you have your place in eternity, you're not sure whether you're outside of the curse and whether you're in the blessing of Jesus Christ, then I want to ask you that question this morning. Give your life to Him. Give your life to Him. Will you do it today? Will you give your life to Jesus today and say, yeah, I want to live in freedom. I don't want to be a slave anymore. I want freedom with Jesus. Then I want to encourage you just to spend a minute giving your life to him right now where you're standing. No one has to know. No one has to even do anything. But all you have to do is say, Jesus, I want to live with you. I want to be free with you. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean this morning. I want access to heaven for eternal life. And as you do that, as you repent of your sin and you let go of the slave mentality, you become a son or a daughter of the Most High. Greatest thing you'll ever do. And I believe some this morning are just need to do that or maybe you need to freshen your spirit in doing that. Make sure it's certain. And Lord, we just pray this morning. We thank you for your truth that is eternal, that is all-powerful. And it never ends. And we ask this morning, Lord Jesus, that you would refresh us and bless us and release your spirit in this place. If you gave your life to Jesus this morning or you, or you just felt a recommitment to Him, everyone's just closing their eyes. I just want you to lift your hand so I can just acknowledge you and pray with you. If you did that this morning, just lift your hand at me and I just want to, Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, three, four, five, six. Fantastic, well done, well done. Anyone else? Anyone else this morning? That is so good. Best thing you'll ever do. You'll never regret it. You're a son or a daughter of the Most High this morning. Fantastic. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.